2: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com, BlueNile.com. Gee whiz, today the boys in the kitchen have absolutely found something out the gate for us, Kimpy. I don't know if I've let you know what we're doing, but it's called medieval Jeweling in a little place of Ohora in Manawatu and I've been reading up on this medieval duelling is essentially sounds like what it is. It's like a scene from game of Thrones and apparently they've been recognized as an amateur sport. So we're going to chat that after eight o'clock out the absolute gate, isn't it?
1: Well, you have got to remember that I played for the Knights. Our very first, our very first halftime experience was medieval duelling. And no, Yep. And, uh, the very first game, I think it was the very first game at Newcastle, I was playing reserve grade. I hadn't made first grade. It wasn't until round three. Um, and I'm watching I'm watching these guys walk out onto the pitch in full armour with, uh, you know, like they got a, they got swords, they got like clubs and everything like that. And then they've got the the shields. And then it was like a referee blew a whistle. And then they ran and started whacking each other with them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no way, they're actually trying to whack each other. <laughs> And it's full on, honestly, entertainment. So, um, yeah, good get, boys. <laughs> it's going to be good talking, uh, talking about it. To be recognised as an uh, amateur sport, it'll we'll be in the Com Games next, and then we'll see it all in the Olympics, won't we? That's what they're trying to do.
2: David Briscoe is part of the Manawatu Ironhides uh, Club. And they there's about six of the clubs around the country I was reading and they do travel and they take each other on. They said it's kind of like fencing with heavier weapons. So
1: <laughs> It ain't anything like fencing. It is like it is like best of luck, don't get hit. <laughs> and they <laughs> carry all the steel, you know, they got all the steel on too. It's like, you know, what you see in um in the movies and Braveheart and stuff like that, where they've got all the gear on and the paint and the the helmets and that—I don't, mate. You get tired just carrying that around, let alone go, having to carry a shield and a sword.
2: It, it's genuinely like Central Districts answered to Westeros and Game Only of Thrones. Only
1: in the CD, Only yeah. In the CD. That,
2: I completely agree. That's <laughs> exactly right. I was not surprised to see it was a hoarder, in, uh, well, actually I was because I didn't know. But it, the the I guess the the neat part of this is, um, you know. It might be a little bit different to what Collier's was thinking and, and what we have been doing with this rural catch-up. But the neat part of this is, is it's a tiny place, and going back about five years ago, I was reading, they. Uh, this is kind of one of the galvanising natures of that small community. There wasn't a lot left there. They had a flood rip through it. They lost their prison. They lost their coal mines, and they kind of had the, the pulse well, they tried to have the pulse ripped out of this tiny little place, Ohura, and um, they found medieval dueling as a, a reason to kind of stay connected as a community, which is so cool. And it's totally bizarre, but very cool.
1: How good. And you love hearing those type of stories. Um, there's quite a few of them around the country where the where the towns have, you know, sort of uh, fallen on hard times and then some type of sporting event has really re- uh, rejuvenated the community. Uh, rugby league plays a big part in that, in and around a community like here for instance. It hasn't had rugby league for years. Down with the Patea, uh Warriors, they've they've come along the last couple of years and really hit the the local competition and, and got the kids going again. And awesome, um, you know, sport and communities. You know, when we were kids, we you know we used to do every sport. Like that's just what you did. You know, there was no. Playstation. There was no iPhone. Um, you, you're, you're lucky if you had a slipper for football type thing. And when you got got asked to play in a sport team, well, what is that sport? I remember getting getting asked to play cricket at, at primary school because I could play softball. And the coach, the cricket coach, was saying, uh, watching me play softball, he said, "Oh, do you want to come and play cricket?" And I went, "Yep." What do you, What do you do? And he just he told me what to do, and he ended up, I ended up being a bowler and opened the batting up because of my hand-eye coordination. You know what I mean? So it's a it's the community stuff that goes on these days and getting people involved. It actually rejuvenates the community.
2: And that's exactly right, KMP, And That's kind of happened a wee bit here, well, apparently. So we we'll talked to David Briscoe about it, and I, I hate to break it to you, mate, but I think you might have missed your calling. I think you were the wrong sort of knight. I, I think that... <laughs> Because I I know the frame on you, and you would wield one of those axes in a seriously impressive way. So, I don't know. Maybe it's not too late for you, Kimby. Maybe maybe there's a maybe there's still a role there for you somewhere. it be a
1: squire. Oh, geez, yeah. Given the given the new knee and all that, well, I don't know. I'd have to be on a horse. <laughs> <You've already laughs> a <laughs> I'd probably, Plus, I'd
2: I'd still it. probably stop that too. Um, yeah, you know, you're not, not Izzy. He? He's the, he's the stopper. Um, now, th- so that's a bit of us after eight o'clock. O- elsewhere today, well, for you on double eight double three, the Timberby Post Text Machine, and oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven, 150 811, the Kenards iPhone line. I've got some questions I'm going to need answered throughout the morning. Um, we'll start here just anecdotally. Oh, but Kempi, actually, what, what do we have coming up after seven o'clock? Because I think we're talking some footy, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we are. We're going to uh, we're going to go to Campbell Burns out of the New Zealand Rugby News and talk to him about all sorts of rugby news that's going on. Like for April, we're in April, and we've had so many stories already hit the press before the World Cup. So we'll catch up with Campbell Burns, um, talk some rugby. Of course, I got it off the back fence, and an interesting one today that I'll uh, throw a few questions out post COVID. Um, and through that 7 o'clock hour too, which is what I've been doing my homework on, because I want to have a bet on this one, is the Masters, Louis. And, oh. the, and the dinner that's coming up, you know, uh, Tuesday night. And, and of course, our good mate, Tiger Woods and his 25th Masters at 60 to 1, whether or not you want to put a little $2 bet each way on him.
2: Well, there's one degenerate that will, that will be with you there, and that's Guy Havalt. So you won't have to twist his rubber arm too hard. We we'll chat to him at about twenties. Actually, how's this? All of all of the friends of the show coming together. Guy Havelt said he he'll, he's on. He's good for he's good for the chat today. But he might be late because he's interviewing Paul Cole at seven thirty. And he said if Cole's he's taking too long, he will tell him to hurry up because he needs to go chat to his other lads, <laughs> Is he and Kimpy. So, for <laughs> Yeah, bring, we should get a panel going. Um, Kempe, I, I was I was there's a couple of things that I just needed to rip through here. So yes, we're doing the the medieval dueling. Um, Pungle's Racing, the Black Caps are playing today I need to, I don't know if you noticed in the, that's at one o'clock, or one o'clock down there in Dunedin, I don't know if you noticed in the office there was a big box of vegetables that turned up at the office? Yes
1: uh, yeah I did see that um, I I had to race off yesterday because I had something else on but um, Neeps looks like he's got a bit, bit of extra colour today Joe, he's uh, he looks like he's got a bit of size about him today so I reckon they hooked into it when I left
2: well, Joe, do you have Joe turn your, turn your mic on, um, Joseph? Good to good to chat to you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well, thanks, Louie. How are you going?
2: Do you remember from the weekend? Remember you, how you produced the good oil in the weekend, Joe? You remember that?
0: I do. It was really fun. Thanks.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> there was a we ran a a, a small business sweepstake campaign. A, a lady called Paula Cook she had a business called greenbean.nz and we were saying, well, what is greenbean.nz? And it turns out it's kind of veggie boxes, that sort of thing. And we said, well, that's perfect because we've got a guy that we work with who was nicknamed Joey Scurvy <b-> <laughs> <laughs> because of his inability to consume vegetables and his kind of pale, I don't know, you, well, you know what Joe is. Joe, you know well, it's Joe. Sickly, but, sickly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeseburger to, to, man. <laughs> So Paula has sent a box up of uh, beautiful, looks like, a lot of organic veggies and fruit and a couple of delicious fajolas Joe and some apples and I'm just curious how many of those have you put away so far?
0: Yeah, great question, Lou. Look, I know that like what good looking fruit's supposed to look like and that fruit definitely looks like it, but just in my eyes... All fruit looks revolting, and I won't even go near it. Uh, I because I, the thing is, Lou, since you've been away, my uh, well, now that you moved to Christchurch, you know you can't really keep an eye on what I'm eating, and it's got really bad. It's really revolting when I'm eating, like from an other, other person's perspective. And I haven't eaten maybe a fruit in maybe like I don't know four or five months. Uh, so I just I I don't know, man. I, I I don't know if I can even go back.
1: Well, I'll, you can, Joe. No. You can, it's never say Kimpy. never. Kimpy, can you help, can you sort them out? Oh, fruit salad, we'll have to whip one up after work. And just, um, I'll tell you what, we'll have to put something with it that you'll like and you'll just mix it all in and get it in there. Chocolate sauce? Chocolate. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate <laughs> sauce on it if it makes you eat it. No don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. It's like tomato sauce, mate. You put chocolate sauce on everything.
0: I do actually. Oh, actually, you know how I'm terrified of bananas. Uh, during lockdown three years ago, I did eat bananas. We just put a ton of hot chocolate sauce around it, and I, I did. I didn't even taste the banana. Like, I I didn't chew it. I just swallowed it straight.
1: <laughs> that was disgusting. No. You are disgusting, Joe. Just
2: <laughs> that is. Paula from Green Bean and Z has tried to help you out, and you won't even eat your fajitas or your apples or oranges or whatever it is. Uh, Paula, thank you so much for sending yeah, thanks that box a lot. That's of awesome. fruit. It's for the office, and hopefully, Claydo and Sticko were saying, "Gee, hopefully, there's a couple of uh, oranges left over for the weekend because those boys definitely need."
1: What? Right, so they their can throw, fruit. It, throw it at each other? Those two, are the Pie Kings, <laughs> i come in here every every time I come in here with the league, and those boys are in before me. There's pies sitting outside the front the door. It's like they take a bite and put it down outside the door. They don't like leaving it in here. It's, yeah, an orange, please. It's <laughs> to throw it at each other. I guarantee it.
2: That is so true. Sticko walks in with these, like, five BP pies. <laughs> <laughs> he just chucks them on the table. Maybe one or two of them get eaten. <laughs> and then like... they're just scattered
1: around the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that, so that's how it works. I'm going to have to have a word to Sticko. He's going to have to stop doing that.
2: Oh, he's funny. He'll tell you, it's uh, 41 seconds in the microwave to get the BP pies heated up uh, beautifully. Anyway, actually, we're talking fruit, we're talking pies. It's 18 minutes past six. We might as well rip straight into this. Can't wait question of the day. I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be a really weird Wednesday today. What else are we going to do? This year, as you pointed out, Kempe, it's Masters and it's the dinner tonight, and it's Scotty Scheffler's job to host the Champions Dinner at Augusta. So every time you the new winner of the Masters comes back on the Tuesday ahead of the uh, Par 3 event, they host a dinner, it gets locked down, it's just the it, only for the people that have won the Masters. His menu is lit. It is seriously sick. I reckon Neeps, after you complain about Harry Kane's burger, I reckon this is a bit of you. Let me tell you what Scotty Scheffler's got on the menu. Cheeseburger sliders and firecracker shrimp. Tortilla soup. Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish. Family-style mac and cheese. Jalapeno creamed corn. Fried Brussels sprouts. Seasons fries. Warm chocolate chip skillet cookie.
1: Yum. Joe would love that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Scotty Scheffler is Joe's spirit animal, apparently. Cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp, tortilla soup, Texas ribeye steak, blackened fish, family-style mac and cheese. Well, that could ju- support Joe for a lifetime. Jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, seasoned fries, warm chocolate chick, skillet cookie. I mean, seriously, Scotty Scheffler just seems like it. He does. He seems like he's just gone in there and said, you know what, I'm just going to do all my favourite foods and... Stuff any cohesion and I love it personally. So Kimpi, I'm wondering if you were so lucky to win the Masters, what's your champion's meal?
1: Ooh, yes. I love that. I look, I would go to Scotty Sheffiers. The other thing about that, they gotta pay for it too. So Scotty Scotty's got plenty. That's why he's got such a big menu. Mate, there's a, there's two things that would be on my menu, and I would have white bait and <gasps> as a starter. And they can do that however they want it, but just make sure that we had plenty of it. And then I'd have lamb knuckle slowly cooked for four to five hours, New Zealand lamb, and let people just sit there with a nice kumara spinach-type um, side dish to put with it. But just taste the lamb and taste the white bait. That's more, that, that would be mine. Really oh, simple.
2: We, we're going to make ourselves disgustingly hungry at 25.6. <laughs> six. That's the only issue with this. 0800-150-811. What would your champion's dinner be if you were so lucky to win the freaking Masters? What are you putting on the menu? And Kempe, you're right. I would love Ryan Fox to win it because I wanted some New Zealand cuisine. Because when Hideki Matsuyama won it, he had sushi, sashimi. It was... Uh Miyazaki Wagu was this beautiful Japanese um, kind of Yakuturi chicken skewers,
1: Sancho daikon ponzu, Japanese strawberry shortcake. That's, that's a, well, of course, I think if a New Zealander wins it, you've got to stay kiwi. Hongi. A hangi. Hangi. A hundred percent. I first of all thought about a hangi. I thought about pua and pork bones. But I mean, really, everybody that should want to taste in New Zealand would, would have to taste white bait. And they would have to have New Zealand lamb. And the oh. best part of the New Zealand lamb is a knuckle cooked nice and slow.
2: Oh, Joe from Gizzy, where are you? 800 This is your bread and butter, brother.